If you thought you perceived an added warmth to the sound of the recording of that piece that we just listened to, it's because it was issued on vinyl. That was a piece called Sense Scent in a Sense by Elizabeth Stark, performed there by the Palomar Ensemble. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bosted. On today's program, I'm going to be talking about this emerging trend of composers and performers returning to older formats in the, the releases of their recordings. We're talking about vinyl, like we just heard, and uh, even cassette, as we'll hear a little bit later when we talk to some people from Parlor Tapes here in Chicago. I think this trend is driven by a couple of things, really. You know, one, there's this very earnest desire on the behalf of these musicians to change the listening experience, how you actually access and listen to music with your, your digital music player of your choice. It's so easy to use it almost as a, a cushion between you and the real world. You put it on while you're on the train to kind of block out that, that uh, ranting maniac there with you, or you put it on while you're doing the dishes or while you're exercising at the gym. And while that's all wonderful, you're accessing music, it's a little different than it used to be where you would sit down in a chair and put a record on and you know, hold the liner notes in your hands and, and really listen. So there's this return to that idea of really engaging with the music as you listen. And then, of course, there's just the audiophile's perception that these older formats were uh, a warmer sound, that it's just a higher fidelity and a better way. And then uh, in the case, I think, of cassettes, it's also driven by the costs, the production costs. So a lot of composers, performers returning to these older formats. And I want to make it clear that we're actually going to be playing these in their original format. So you'll be hearing records today, and a little bit later you'll be hearing music from a cassette. The first composer I want to play is Icelandic composer Olafur Arnolds. This is a really interesting record that he just came out with called Living Room Songs. And he says that all the tracks on this album were actually mixed, mastered, composed, recorded, produced, everything in one day in his living room. One day for each of the various songs. So for seven days he worked. On, the, I guess, the eighth day he rested. Let's have a listen to the first track on this album, Fyrsta. Thank you. 
Beautiful music by Icelandic composer Olafur Arnolds. We heard his piece, Fyrsta. That's off of a vinyl issue called Living Room Songs. And again, he recorded, composed, mixed, mastered everything you need to do for a song, each one, one day uh, for each song in his living room. So I think it's a fascinating testimony to the do-it-yourself kind of mentality of composers slash performers these days. And, you know, I think if you heard that music, if, if you've heard any Icelandic music, whether it's the rock group Sigurós or Björk or uh, that composer that we just heard, there's a real sound coming out of Iceland. Uh, as soon as I heard that, I, I knew it was Icelandic music. Very, very interesting, stark kind of beauty in the music. Let's listen now to some more kind of introspective music. This here is by composer Christopher Bono, a New York-based composer. And, uh, you know, as I was doing my research, I, I didn't know his music before I um, heard this album, but what an interesting person. He was uh, not a musician early on in his life. He was a professional baseball player and, in fact, was drafted by the Seattle Mariners, but because of injury, never actually got to play with them. So he turned instead to the guitar at age 21 and then to composing shortly thereafter. So definitely getting into composing a little bit later than most of his colleagues, but you'll never know it by listening to this album. This music is very well constructed. He has a, a very personal point of view. Uh, we're going to listen to a piece called Exhaust, Invocation Number 1. It's in three parts. We're going to hear part one, Exhaust. The album itself is called Invocations. He says this is the first part of a musical triptych, and it's dedicated to his father. Each of these movements is representative of a larger work, and they inscribe a kind of personal prayer. The first movement contemplates the phases of our lives when great physical and emotional suffering is present, and then it invokes transcendence and seeks an intervention. Let's have a listen. This is a string trio. We're going to hear Hiroki Taguchi on violin, Whitney LaGrange, viola, and Adrian Dwarov, cello.
That's the first part of a musical triptych, Invocation Number no. 1, Exhaust by composer Christopher Bono. We heard Hiroki Taguchi violin, Whitney LaGrange viola, and Adrian Dwarov cello. I think that music does sound very rich in its uh, vinyl format. Again, today on Relevant Tones, I'm featuring music by composers and performers choosing to release their music on vinyl, or as we'll hear a little bit later, on cassette. And uh, you know, one of the arguments is that it's a richer sound. And for me, as I sit here and listen to the music and watch the record go around on the turntable, it really reminds me of my first listening experiences with music when I was a kid and would sit cross-legged in front of my uh, record player and listen to music. You know, it really is a, uh, a more engaging listening experience, I think. Well, I have three people here from Parlor Tapes, a group in town. It's actually a label that is releasing music on cassette. I'm joined by Kyle Vector, Ellen McSweeney, and Andrew Tom. Welcome, guys. Thanks for coming down. Thanks for having Thanks, us. Seth. Thanks. We'll start with Kyle. Uh, Kyle, tell me about Parlor Tapes. For me, it was sort of like a, I felt like it was the right time and place for something like this to happen. In that Chicago has, you know, this amazing new music scene. There's, you know, there's tons of ensembles now doing really original, interesting work but no one really exporting it. So, you know, it, like if something happens in New York, the world knows about it because New York has exported the same in LA. Chicago doesn't really have anything like that. Maybe this radio show and maybe Ellen writing for a new music box. So it's starting, but I thought that, uh, that a record label would make sense. And then we just sort of started meeting and talking about it. So you want to export Chicago music to a wider audience outside of Chicago, but why, why choose cassette? Well, I just want to say to start it off, like from a practical standpoint, like we didn't think we could afford vinyl. I mean, I think I think that's partly why we're called Parlor Tapes Plus is like, well, vinyl would be cool in the future, but we can't necessarily do it now. I mean, tapes are, I think, across the board, the cheapest um, or the most inexpensive. Yeah, yeah. And, and I would disagree. I think that we're actually headed back towards having physical things and that people are really enjoying physical. And like the people that are paying for music are willing to pay for a physical thing much more than just a digital download. I think that's, the, I mean, it's a slow evolution, but I think it is happening. But that's what I'll be curious to see with you guys, is, is how many tapes you actually sell versus how many digital. You know, I mean, are, you, are you going to have a presence on iTunes, Apple, the, the digital marketplace? Yeah, we will. We will. I mean, I think we're going to sort of feel it out and just and see what, I mean, I'm curious to see yeah. how it goes, too. Yeah. I think we've seen the digital offerings that we are going to have on iTunes and Amazon and on our own website, parlortapes.com. We've seen them as being complementary with this really beautiful, small, exciting, nostalgic little thing. I mean, we're going to do a pretty small initial pressing. It's just 250 tapes. We could, we actually think we're going to sell out of it relatively quickly, but it's the two things are really going to feed each other. I think the digital release is going to be more intriguing because there is a tape, and I think the two things will generate some mutual interest among the different ways that people listen. Well, let's talk about the cassette itself. Uh, we're going to be listening to a piece in a little bit by Liza White called Zin, 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 Zin. Andrew, what can you tell me about the title? What's the inspiration for the piece? The line actually comes from, there is a song by The Roots called Double Trouble, and Most Def is featured on that, and he kind of goes into this like rap at the end where he, he kind of says this syllable over over and over. And kind of the basis that she took, aside from that line itself, is just the idea, kind of like the, uh, can I say, acoustical phenomenon, when two rappers are on a track together and they're rapping at the same time, you kind of get this, the differences between their voices and like they're not always right on top of each other rhythmically speaking and things like that. Um, so you're going to hear a lot of that with the quartet. They're kind of like speaking, but never exactly the same way, I guess. So yeah, that's that's a little bit with the it's like a big 
It's like a punch in the gut kind of this track I like to describe it as, I think. We're going to have a listen to Liza White's piece in just a moment, but first I thought it would be fun to uh, listen to that most deaf track that Andrew was talking about uh, where he references what becomes the title. Let's have a quick listen. It's always fun to get to play music like that that you don't normally hear on a classical music radio station. If you tuned in right at that moment, you were probably wondering what the heck you were listening to. That was Most Def rapping, and we heard him saying the word zin, 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 zin over and over again. That became the inspiration for the title of the piece we're about to hear by Liza White. Well, let's have a listen now. This is a piece entitled Zin, 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 Zin. And here she is referencing also an acoustic phenomenon that you might hear in other rap pieces in which two rappers are overlaid against each other. This is a spectral quartet performing. Thank you. 
That's Chicago-based Spectral Quartet performing Zin, Zin, Zin by Chicago composer Liza White. That is on a cassette tape, and we heard it in the original format on cassette, put out by Parlor Tapes. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. On today's show, I'm talking about composers and performers who are returning to older formats like vinyl and cassette for their releases. You can find out more information about the program on our Facebook page or on our website at relevanttones.com. Well, speaking of a uh, album that you can hold in your hands and that provides a lot of things like liner notes or artwork that you can look at while you're listening to the music, the next composer, Tim Corpus, is part of a project called 10 by 10. This is a collaboration between three Chicago organizations, Access Contemporary Music, Homeroom, and Spudnik Press. And this project pairs up 10 visual artists with 10 composers to create original collaborative works that explore the intersection of visual art and music. These works were actually done collaboratively. Um, I know a lot about it. I wrote one of the works. So the artist that I worked with, she and I were, were constantly sending stuff back and forth. I would send her a little bit of music. She would send me a sketch. Um, I, I would, I would uh, kind of riff off of what she had done, send her more music, and all 10 of us did that. So these, are, these really are collaborative works. One of the reasons that we did vinyl for this is that we're going to include a booklet of the artworks. So you can sit and look at the 10 prints and the music that uh, corresponds with those prints. I want to feature a piece called From Spring's Thaw by Chicago composer Tim Corpus. And I should say also that uh, because the, the album format, of course, lends itself very well to side A, side B, we decided early on that we would uh, divide the colors, so to speak, into cool colors and warm colors. The cool colors were represented instrumentally by winds, piano and percussion. The warm colors were by strings, piano and percussion. And the first piece at the opening of the program by Elizabeth Start was part of the warm colors. Now we're going to hear the cool colors represented. This is a piece for flute, clarinet, percussion, and piano by Tim Corpus called From Spring's Thaw. Again, we have the Palomar Ensemble performing.
the Palomar Ensemble performing music by Tim Corpus from Springs Thaw. That is for flute, clarinet, percussion, and piano. Part of a really interesting project, 10 by 10. So Tim was one of 10 composers paired with 10 visual artists. And this will actually be performed live on Saturday, November 16th at the Ukrainian Institute of Modern Art. You can uh, go at 6 o'clock p.m. and there will be an art opening so you can see all the prints mill about, have a little wine to chat with people and, and uh, look at the art for an hour. And then at 7, the Palomar Ensemble will be performing all 10 of the pieces. Each one is about three minutes long, so it's about 35-ish minutes of music. You can find out more information and buy your tickets at homeroomchicago.org. Let's turn now to a new piece by composer Christopher Campbell called Imago. This is off of a vinyl release that he did called Sounding the All Clear on the Inova label. And Christopher, actually, in addition to being a composer, also runs the Inova label, so he's quite an advocate for composers. Inova is the official label of the American Composers Forum, and as such, is a wonderful resource for composers here in this country. American composers looking to get their music recorded in high quality and distributed to a wider audience. This piece, Imago, was described by Time Out Chicago as oscillating between the comforting and the exotic, with occasional creepy moments. And I would say that the occasional creepy moments are even uh, more structured than that. It starts off uh, with, with a very beautiful melody, very clear structure. And then in the middle, there's a uh, kind of a mid, I almost said midlife breakdown, a midlife crisis, but it's not quite what I mean. A middle piece breakdown of sorts. Um, it goes off into this, uh, there's no structure anymore. It almost sounds improvisatory. I wonder if it perhaps is in the, in the middle section there. And then it returns to its opening structured material. Let's have a listen to Imago by Christopher Campbell.
That was Imago by Christopher Campbell off of his vinyl release, Sounding the All Clear. I'm holding this album in my hands, and uh, one of the things that he says is uh, he thanks everyone for playing on the album, and he says, it was a lot of fun to make, and I think we made a sound world worth exploring. I love that phrase, sound world. We've heard a lot of people use that to describe music, and it, you know, it implies that the music is non-narrative, that, that it's not necessarily A goes to B goes to C, and you're interested in how it develops, but you're, you're interested instead in the collection of sounds and how the composer uses them to shape this sonic landscape. But I also think that it, it reminds me of what we were talking about earlier in the show, when composers are uh, now, they want you to hold the album in your hands and really listen. It's more of an immersive experience. Get into the sound world. Uh, you know, change the way that you listen, and that's why vinyl is so appealing to these composers. It's a great piece, Imago, by composer Christopher Campbell. Well, as I was researching the show, finding composers releasing music on vinyl, I expected to find a lot of young composers, as we said, who are returning to this format because of the increased warmth of the sound or because, uh, as we said, it creates a more immersive listening experience and they're, they're interested in, uh, in having you engage in the music in a different way. You can't put a record player in your car, needless to say, so you have to sit there and uh, hold the record in your hand and really listen to it. But a name that kept popping up that really surprised me was Arvo Pert. Uh, you know, here's a very well-established composer, and he has no fewer than six discs available right now on vinyl, which is really unusual, because normally composers uh, who are writing music in the 60s, 70s, all their vinyls are, are no longer available. So I thought, well, it's hard to ignore that, so I want to feature a piece by Arvo Pert, and uh, this is a wonderful piece from 1966. I also rarely get to delve that far back in the show on Relevant Tones back into the 60s, so I think it's a wonderful excuse to be able to go back that far. This is a piece called Pro et Contra. It's a concerto for cello and orchestra. It was originally dedicated to the great cellist, Mrs. Rostropovich. We're going to hear two movements, the Maestoso, which is five minutes, and then the Largo, which is just 25 seconds. And you might think to yourself, well, how will I know when I'm in the Largo? Well, you'll know. We'll talk about it after we hear the music. This is Vadim Messerman on cello, the Congress Orchestra with Vladimir Noritz conducting.
Well, before we heard that music, I said that you would know when we were in the second movement, and I think it's very striking there. All of a sudden, the uh, the harsher textures are gone, the the atonality is gone. It's very very tonal, and uh, you know I think that's part of the title, pro et contra. So he's got contrasting themes there, and it's interesting to me that it's only 25 seconds long. That said, I, I love the Maestoso too. I, I think there are a lot of contrasts even within that movement, and what wonderful cello playing. It's so incredibly difficult to play lines like that and keep them in tune. And he does a fantastic job. We heard Vadim Messerman cello, pro et contra, two movements, the Maestoso and the Largo. That was Vladimir Noritz conducting the Congress Orchestra, and Vadim Messerman was the cello soloist. Well, we won't be able to hear all of it, but I want to return to that wonderful album by Oliver Arnolds. I just uh, really like this idea of uh, the DIY, compose, mix, master, perform, record the song in one day. Uh, he did seven days in his living room, living room songs. We're going to feature day seven. This place is a shelter. Day seven was the last day, and he decided to have a rap party for the album. So there's a picture of he and the other musicians in his living room. There are pictures of all the other days, uh, but they're all alone. This time, though, they're joined by several people. So let's join them in Oliver Arnold's living room all the way in Reykjavik for This Place is a Shelter. Tones is produced by Jesse McCorders at WFMT in Chicago. For more information about the program and the artists we've featured, you can find us on Facebook or visit our website at relevanttones.com. Relevant Tones is made possible by the generous support of Grobner Capital Management, the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, an anonymous donor, DePaul University, and the listener supporters of the WFMT Fine Arts Circle. I'm Seth Bosted, and thanks for listening.